Hi, you guys. So, um, I know it's been a little minute since I have posted a podcast. And one of the reasons for that is um, I did record a podcast. However, I didn't publish it in time. And so I did lose that podcast. And I hate it because it was actually a really, really good one. But it's okay. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be heard. But I am back and I am so happy that I took this time to rejuvenate. And some things have transpired since the last time I have um, made um, my my last podcast. So it inspired me to do this podcast today. Um, I don't really have a schedule as, as of yet. I'm just now getting into this podcast thing and I don't know if it's something that I'm going to be doing long-term or permanent. I'm kind of just playing around with it at the moment, but for me, because I don't have a schedule, I like to be inspired when I do anything. So my background is in theater and dance and creative writing. I've also, uh, dabbled in music and music writing I've been an artist since I was roughly 12 years old. So I've been doing theater and dance pretty much my entire life. It is something that really brings me joy. And as I've gotten older, I realized that speaking about issues and helping people and using my voice also brings me joy. So, without further ado, I am going to tell you about my experience and also an experience that I had in the past with a guy that's making me reevaluate some things, okay? So, for the last two to three weeks, I've been seeing this guy. And we will call this guy, what can we call him? We'll call him David. Okay, we'll call him David. David was somebody that I saw one night when I was looking for a club to go to. The club that I wanted to go to, it was a... I think it was like a random Tuesday. And I wanted to go to the spot that I went to like a week or two prior but I didn't know that the club was only open on Thursdays. I had only been there once by this time, so I didn't know that they were only open on Thursdays. I'd never seen a club that was only open one day a week. So when I got to the street and I didn't see any cars, I knew the club was closed. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll just drive until I see some cars because I, I live in Houston, so there's always something going on. You can always find somewhere to go, somewhere to party, whatever. Um. So... I'm driving and then I see this parking lot and it's full of cars, like not packed or nothing like that, but it's like, it's got a decent amount. So I'm like, okay, there are people in here. So I park my car, touch up my little makeup, and then I walk inside. When I walk inside, first of all, on the outside, you can tell it's a juke joint. Okay, you can tell it's a juke joint, like a hole in the wall. Okay, so I'm one of the younger people there or the youngest persons there. This is an older crowd, but I didn't mind it because I've been considered an old soul my entire life. When I was six years old, they used to call me Miss 33. They said because I was six going on 33. So I've always been a little bit ahead of my years. 
an old soul and old spirit, a well-traveled spirit. So I didn't mind at all. And this particular night, there was something that was going on with me and my daughter. And I just needed a break, like to regroup and to think about like the trajectory of where my parenting was going and what my child was telling me, how I was feeling about that. And I felt like, oh man, I did a terrible job in handling this. I did a, it was rough. Okay. So I just needed a moment. I just needed a moment and I got inside. The vibe was, was very chill. Holy smokes. When I look over to my left in the corner, there are a group of people playing cards and I see this guy and he has these, these long braids and they have these beads on them. And in my eyes at this time, I just thought he was absolutely beautiful in my eyes. I just, his skin, he had like this copper skin like mine I'm a, I'm a black woman but in my skin is it's like this brown hue like a golden brown and that's what he looked like and he had these braids and he, I mean he was just I don't know he was everything to me in that moment I didn't know he had a mouthful of golds or whatever that's I don't really care for <laughs> I don't really care for that but Sometimes you just gotta be honest with yourself. Like I like, I don't, I, I like her guys. Okay, some of them are so sweet. Like they might be mean to everybody else, but when they fall in love, it's like they are the sweetest to you. Can be rough around the edges, cuss everybody out, slap somebody, daddy, like whatever. But when they fall in love, it's like seeing a such a soft side. And when I saw him. I didn't see him looking at me. He was very, it seemed to me at the time, he was very deep and gross in whatever they were doing over there, playing cards or whatever. And so some older gentleman, he comes and we spark up a conversation about parenting and, you know, the stress and everything like that. And um, I leave. So then maybe like either a few days later or a week later, I come back. I didn't even... I don't know that I remember thinking about the guy again. I just, I like the spot. But I think a part of me did want to be like, oh, is he going to be here? Whatever. When I came back, okay, um, I saw him again. And we couldn't connect. Like, I can't remember what was going on, but we couldn't connect. He was engaged and I'm not the type of woman that's just like gonna go up to a guy I'm just I have my sly ways of getting a guy's attention when I want his attention and I feel like um either he hasn't noticed yet because he'll notice um either he hasn't noticed yet or I want to speed things up because sometimes guys can be a little slow and it's like oh do you like me or not just yes or no but yeah I most times 96% of the time Guys are the ones who approach me, try to talk to me, holler at me. But there are a few times where it's like there's a guy that something about them is it may not even be their looks. It's just like something about them. But this guy, it was something very spiritual. And the the when we get later in the story, that's the part that scares me. 
was how spiritual meeting this guy felt and what that means for what God is trying to do in my life and for the traumas that I it's it's about time that I address them. I'm not an old person, but I'm old enough now to where I'm just like I'm seeing a pattern and there are certain things that I moved away from and it's just time. Now I'm recording for the first time with the music in the background. I don't know if you can hear it or not. I don't know if it's too loud. I don't know if it's too low, but when I play it back, I will know. Or if it doesn't work, that's fine too. So anyway, I see him. We couldn't connect. I ended up leaving for whatever reason. I can't remember what the reason was. Now this, I came back. Okay. Like a few days later, a couple of days later, it might've been the next night. I can't remember guys. This is about three weeks ago. And I didn't have any cash on me. I don't know why I went out and didn't have cash on me. I'm not the type of person that carries... Well, I do carry cash on me. But I try not to just carry cash, cash. But on this particular night... Unfortunately... Uh, I didn't have any cash. So I'm walking around trying to find how to get some cash. It's late. I don't want to do too much driving back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Because... You know, Houston, you know, after hours, it get late. You got the popo riding around. It's like, look, I don't want to be driving back and forth. And it's dark. It's late. I'm by myself. But I love to go out. And at nighttime is the only time I can go to places where I can dance and just have a good time and blow off some steam. Like, I work. I work seven days a week. Okay. And that included uh, Christmas and Christmas Eve. Seriously. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, but I'm working towards a dream, so the exhaustion comes with it. All right, so I don't have any cash. I asked around. I need to cash for everything, for the drinks. Like, you talk about, it's two hole in the walls that are right next to each other, okay? When you are talking about going to a hole in the wall, baby, there ain't no credit or debit or Apple or Google Pay, okay? Ain't no Androids, chips, a plastic involved. They want cold, hard cash, okay? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I go down the street. I pay the $3 to get the cash out. I come back. And when I come back and I get a drink, because I, I, I wanted a mixed drink. So, I went to the to the hole in the wall next door. It's my first time there. I almost fell walking in. So embarrassing. But there, it's a hole in the wall. The floor is not level. And I was just looking too cute. People just look like, what? Is she tipsy? Like, and I speak to everybody. I'm like, hey, so embarrassed, but it's, it's so funny. So I go and I introduce myself. I strike up a conversation and um, I get a drink, a mixed drink. Now, I before this, I had been to that hole in the wall to ask them where could I get some cash. And they were telling me where I could go and things. So this is me. When I come back after I get the cash, I went back to that bar because I wanted uh, a mixed drink and it was tasty so I spoke with everybody I almost fell again the floor again is not level and I'm wearing like eight inch stilettos I'm really short so my heels are very tall so I almost fall again I'm like whatever I got my drink so I'm standing outside and I see him and he's smoking a cigarette and I'm just like oh holy James Dean look at this guy like just beautiful to me, just beautiful, beautiful guy in my eyes, like his aura. It wasn't even so much how he looked, because again, I, I mean, that plays a part in it with me. But if I don't feel something for you spiritually, like I just want to be around you, 
and I can't explain why, then I can't do it because I won't be interested. I won't be invested. I won't care. This guy, it was almost instantaneous. Like I needed to know who he was. I needed to know what he did. I needed to know how long he was going to be in my life. I needed to know everything. Like I was enthralled by this point. So again, like I told you, I don't go and walk up to guys. It's not my thing. So I was just like, okay, let me just go walk in front of him. And then that'll do the work. Cause we, there are two different hole in the walls. They're right next door to each other. I'm standing cause I'm sipping my drink. I'm standing outside of the first one. He's at the second one. At this time, I didn't know he was a DJ. I didn't know. And, um, Right when I'm gearing up to go walk over, a lady starts talking to me. And this is the same lady who was talking to me when I was trying to figure out how to get cash. It was some random lady outside. And she's talking. And by the time she's done, the guy walks back in. So I'm like, oh, darn it. Okay. So now my little plan to walk in front of him and get his attention is not going to work. Because he's inside. So I'm like, I got to go inside. I got to pay the cover. I got to go inside. And so I pay the cover. Now, mind you, I had by this time I had been to this spot twice. So the lady at the door, um, she's familiar with me, and we're we're talking or whatever. And I go and sit down, and I have my drink, I have my vape, and I sit down at the first table. And there he is, and he's playing this country song by Josh Turner, and. I just kept staring and I didn't take my eyes off of him. There were people, I mean, guys were talking to me. I didn't take my eyes off of this man. I wanted everything that had to do with him. I wanted to breathe in his air. And I'm somebody like most guys can't get to me. They they can't get to me, if that makes any sense. Like they... It, uh, if I'm just not totally into them, like upon seeing them, that, that aura that jumps out. No, his aura was so strong. Like I just wanted to, it was like a magnet. And so he didn't look at me and I'm sitting there, I'm drinking, I'm dancing and I'm just having a good time. And so I'm just like, man, screw this. I don't care what's going on. I need to know this guy. And more importantly, I need him to know that I exist. So I don't care what he says after the fact. I need him to know that I exist. So like I told you, the lady was familiar with me or whatever. And I walked up to her and I said, so um, who's this DJ? And she was like, why? And I was telling her because... Um, I think he's hot and I want to get to know him. And so she said, um, okay. And I was like, is he married? And she was like, no, not to my knowledge. She's like, you want me to go tell him? And in Houston, it's a big thing. Like you, so you tell somebody not to say something, that's when they gonna say something. You better bet your bottom dollar. Okay. That if you tell somebody not to say something, this is how you get the word out. If you, if you, hey man, dog, keep it on the low. You know what I'm saying? Don't tell nobody. Six seconds later, it's all down the Southwest Freeway, okay? So, so I knew that if I told her, please don't say anything, that she would go and tell him. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to make it obvious that I'm tired of waiting. I know that you can see me and I want you to come on, make the first move. But I, I'm not going to put myself out there. Like as a woman, I have to, res I want to respond. 
So I made, I had to set, I had to set it up pretty innocent now. Okay. So, so that he's the man, he can do the work. So no, I, she said, okay, baby, I ain't gonna say nothing. She's an older lady, whatever. She's not older, but she's like middle age. And she was like, okay, baby, I ain't gonna say nothing or whatever. No sooner than I sat down with my drink and set this little whole plan in motion, she gets up, walks over to the DJ booth and whispers something in his ear. He whispers something to her and she comes and walks to the table and she says, he wants to see you. And mind you, I've been enamored with this guy since I met him. Like, I couldn't think of anything else. I just, I wanted to, I wanted to, like, I wanted to. And when I say couldn't think of anything else, like, when I would see him. Because I'm pretty sure when I went home, I, I, I didn't, like, fixate on it. But, like, when I went to the club and I would see him, it's like, I just felt drawn to him. Like, I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm not staring at anybody else. I am all in tune into this vortex, Okay. So she says, he wants to see you. You need to come, come, come to the DJ booth. And so I stand up, I started talking with her and I'm just like, are you sure? Like, should I go? What do I do? And she's like, girl, go up there. So I go up there, whatever. And he says, how are you? And I say, I'm fine. And I'm grin- I'm pretty sure you can hear it. Like I'm grinning from ear to ear. Okay, like this, like finally. And I said I'm fine. And he says so. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about him, and he has the music going. And I just want to say this before we actually, I walked up there. One of the reasons I was staring at him was because. Him and an older lady started to dance. Now, this is while I was drinking my drink or whatever. Him and this lady, this older lady started to dance. And when I say it was the coldest two-step I had ever seen from a man. And this is like a thug type of guy. Not like a thug, but like he's a hood guy. Like, let's just be honest. This is a hole in the wall. This is in the sketchy side of town. But I like to party. So... I mean, I'm not expecting him to be, you know what I'm saying, the Duke's son or nothing like that. Like, this is a hood guy. I am a college girl, college woman, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in the hood, but I'm an adult now and things have changed. And even when I was, you know, quote unquote, living in a certain way, I've always been somebody who has been well-spoken. I love to read. Um, so I was always using these, you know, like people always like, why are you using those words? I love to read. That's how I grew up. That's how my mom raised me. So I've always kind of been like that college girl that loves thugs. Like that's, I mean, that's what I saw. You know what I mean? And now that I'm at a certain age of my life, I'm realizing like, this is what I was exposed to. Not only when you leave an environment, does your physicality change but your mentality has to change with it or you won't survive the new environment that you that that you work so hard to get to but I this is what I grew up around I like guys with that rough exterior I like guys that that soften around me makes me feel like powerful like oh he's melting that's so sweet when you know he probably is a bit rough otherwise this is a pattern okay and I've dated some nice guys before, but 
everybody know the thugs got that edge. You know, like, you know, they just said something about them. But this guy is dancing, and I was just like, oh, my God. And he can dance. And like I told you, I grew up in dancing theater. I was like, oh, my God. I'm just melting. So by the time I get to him, we're exchanging words, and he's, le- like, leaning into me. This is not, you know, when you go to the club, like a real club. And you got a cheesy guy coming up in your face. Hey, you know, like, you just be looking like, why are you here? Why are you here right now? Why are you in my face? It's just, it's annoying. But no, he was confident. He was sure of himself. He could dance. He smelled so good. When when I say smell good, he smelled so good. And I was melting. I was just, I was, I was melting. Even thinking about it. Oh, but the story takes a turn. But even thinking about it, I was literally melting. And so he said, what do you want to hear? What song? And I couldn't think of anything. And I said, it's okay. You can you can choose. And so he chose a song. I can't remember what the song was, but I do know that the Josh Turner song ended up being kind of like our song or whatever. Now, all this is going on within a three-week time period. So, um, I'm talking to him. He's talking to me. The music is going, and he says, I want you to go over to the bar, and I want you to get a pen, and I want you to write your number down. Bring your number to me and put it in the tip jar. It was so smooth, guys. I loved it. So I do what he tells me to do. And then I go and sit down. A few minutes later, he starts texting me. And it's almost immediate. Like, I can tell this is not... Just like how you meet somebody and the next day y'all not talking no more. Like, it's not, the connection's not there. You might text for for a little bit, but y'all don't keep texting. Because everything moves so fast now. So you can meet a guy today and then tomorrow it's like, oh, whatever. So, it's immediate. And we're texting back and forth. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And so let me let me just pull it up. Okay, let me just pull up the text messages. Okay, because I want to be very, 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 very accurate. And yeah, I want to be very accurate. And what he said. Now, we have a lot of text messages, but I'm almost at the top. Okay. He said, he told me his name was the first message. Okay, we call him David. And then I told him my name. And then he says, got you. Now tell me what's up. And I said, I got you too. And you're what's up. So what's up? And he said, I'm asking you. And then I said, I saw something I like. Your turn. Then he says, so do I. I said, so hmm, what are we going to do about that? When I like what I see, I want what I see. And so somehow in between, we we, we, we stop texting whatever. And we start talking. And then... He says, where you at, baby? This is at 3.47 a.m. Now, in between this time, he convinces me to follow him to an after-hour spot. So there are no more texts. He convinces me to follow him to an after-hour spot. 
I want to get into these red flags because initially this video was supposed to be about really about how women can avoid red flags, okay? And before we even got to the second spot or whatever, I realized that I avoided major red flags and I just... Sometimes you want you you gravitate towards a person and you want to make believe their entire life and you want to believe what you want to believe because you want this specific person. You don't even know why you want this person, but it's something about about them. And I realized for me what lesson David was supposed to bring into my life about me, about my awareness and about my trauma, and about the explosion of trauma and about moving forward that you attract what you need. If you ask God for a husband, if it's your desire to get a, to have a husband, God will bring you that. But sometimes before he brings you that, he has to purge some things within you because you'll end up making the wrong choice. And I've done this a couple times. Not I've never been married, but I'm saying I've done this a couple times, like made the wrong choice. So um, one of the reasons we stopped texting is because texting is because he comes over and he says, come outside with me. So we step outside. He went to smoke a cigarette and I'm talking to him and he's like, you know, we're going back and forth. And so he tells me, he's like, listen, I want to be honest with you. Um, I'm homeless right now. I'm living with a woman that I don't love. He's calling it homeless, but essentially he's what he doesn't want to tell me, which is. I'm with someone, but we have a situation where she's allowed to date out. I'm allowed to date out. I don't want to be here, but I'm limping. So he he danced. When he danced, you couldn't tell anything was wrong. But when he walked, you could tell that he's hurting. His leg, his, his, um, his, his foot, what I found out was his ankle was broken. And he's been living with a broken ankle for some time. He's Now, David is 40 one years old okay and inc- it looks amazing like when I say built nice strong body strong arms just a very virile sexy man but you could tell he's hurting but as a man it's like he still walks with his head held high whatever so he tells me I haven't been able to work. My ankle is broken. I work at the club as a DJ in uh I play he plays pool or whatever. And he's just like, This is what I have going on. I don't want to lie to you, but I like you, but I'm telling you everything that's going on up front. If you want, you can follow me to this club. Me and my sisters are going. And with the after hours, he was like, She's gonna be there. You know, and I don't want it to be any problems, he said. But, you know, I like you. I like what I see. I want to get to know you. And I was like, whatever. Follow the guy to the club. I didn't think anything of it or whatever. I just thought if a guy is telling me up front, like he's being honest, he's not hiding it. You know what I mean? Like they clearly have a situation. He was telling me, um, you know, about how they're not supposed to bring other partners to the house and keep it respectful that he wants to move around. He can't. He he hasn't been able to work consistently. Now, another thing that I found out that he does is he works on houses. He I don't know if the guy was helping to build them or but it, I know it's some form of construction. So he's doing all of this with a with a broken ankle. And I just 
I just thought, what resilience? So I overlooked the other things. And I'm like, oh, don't even want to do this. Now, the reason why that, that bit of the story is significant is because I had already dated someone like this prior in 2018. This guy was living in an outhouse and I was like, oh, do I really want to do this lie? I'm, I have my own car, my own place, and I, I have my daughter. Do I really want to do this? And I'm just like, okay, I don't know. I'm starting to get some, some creepy remnant vibes. The guy that I'm talking about that I dated in 2018 ended up stalking me for months. And when I say stalking, I mean like 1990s Lifetime original series stalking is what I mean. Okay, this is what I mean. Like somebody who um, they are hell bent on getting you in. And I'm going to tell you something. I grew up in the 90s, so I'm very familiar with um, Lifetime original movies. And honestly, that whole stalking and stuff like... I'm not trying to say that I didn't think it was real, you know. I've come from my own domestic situations where my my own father has has stalked my my mother, my biological father, before she um, ended up divorcing him and you know leaving him or whatever. But it was a situation, and I think in our minds when we see stuff like that, we try to push it so far back so that when we need it, it's no longer accessible. Hello, you watched your mom go through this. I watched my father pull out a whole gun on my mom. That's not normal. And I think in some way, societally, we're conditioned to be like, well, that happened so many years ago. Yeah, it happened so many years ago. But it's now coming back up because now it's in the men that you choose. The last guy, like I said, the one who stalked me, he was staying in an outhouse. He wasn't established. And he, you know, would threaten me, would talk down to me, would belittle me, would berate me. There's somebody who's practically staying in my apartment. And I was, I didn't, at the time, I was in my 20s. I didn't, I didn't really understand you know what I mean? I didn't really understand what all was going on. And I was going through in and out of cycles of emotional abuse. And it's not like I hadn't seen it before. I had. But the reality is, sometimes when you're in it, you you, you don't really understand. You don't really know how deep you're really in it. Okay? And I was in it. And the whole time, it was like going in and out of the honeymoon phase, in and out. And after four months, I was over it. But here's the clincher. The guy stalked me. We only dated four months, and the guy stalked me for almost a year after the fact. Well, maybe, yeah. I was still getting letters, almost a, a, like blocked letters coming through my my uh, the my Gmail, and I just had to delete all this. I by this time I had called the police several times. I had b- b- incident reports. Like it was bad, 
So when David told me what he told me, that should have been the first red flag, leave this guy alone. And believe you me, I when I heard that, I'm like, okay, I can't take this guy serious. He's cute and all, but it ain't even worth all that, you know? And I noticed his eyes were kind of bloodshot. So I'm just like, okay, oof, child. <laughs> so, you know, you be dealing with something, just like, ooh. And I, now by this, like I said, this happened in 2018 with the other situation, with the, with the stalking situation going into 2019 before the pandemic. I hadn't dated anyone seriously, seriously in, t- in it's almost three years. We're in 2021, going on 2022. Almost three years. I haven't, that did shook my draws. I mind you, like I said, I've seen this before. Living in shelters, running from my biological father because he was a nutbag, Okay. It's something in you. When we ignore the red flags, it's something in us. And sometimes when God's trying to pull you out of something, he'll keep showing you something over and over again. He'll let you keep dating that, that POS. He'll, oh, yeah. He'll let you do it. He's trying to pull something out of, out of you. And I've noticed that God gets my attention through numbers. When I see numbers repeatedly... If I see scenarios repeated, like, okay, this is a pattern. I don't like this. Now, my degree is in psychology, so, you know, we all about the patterns and symbols, honey. I'm just like, okay, oh, no. But I, I follow him to the other club because I, I wanted to party. That's what he got going on. I go to the club, I meet somebody else. Like, you know, went to the club, like I said, met somebody else. Took his number. Now, because I knew that the, the lady that was going to be there was a situation, I didn't know what she looked like. So, I didn't, I didn't. I, I didn't entangle with him. So he goes in first because I pull up on the side of him. I'm following behind his sisters and they're following behind him. And then we pull up on the side. Okay. So we get out. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go in first. I'm like, okay, cool. At this point, I'm just like, whatever. This is still that, that this all going on with the one time frame. And I'm just like, okay, cool. By this time in my head, I'm already thinking, child, please. You got you living with somebody. You got a situation like, okay, I, I don't want to deal with this. And so I go in. I'm dancing up a storm. He's playing pool. I'm just, I'm getting it. And so then I get tired and I leave. So I'm just going to go take a break. I'm just going to go outside. And so I go in my car, lock the doors, end up falling asleep. This is not, listen. It's after hours in Houston are open to after two o'clock. So it's after two AM, baby. I'm tired, okay? The cars is tired. I was tired. Fell asleep in the car. Car is running, but the doors are locked. Cause it's cold, okay? This is this is this is in uh December, so it's cold. And or our version of cold. And I hear a tap on the window. I wake up and I'm like, holy smokes, it's him. And I'm, mind you, I didn't tell him I was leaving because in my head, like I said, I'm not having no intentions of going and doing anything with this guy. He has a situation. He don't even have his own spot. Now, also pertinent to the story is I'm abstinent. I've been practicing abstinent for a little bit now. And it's my choice because I just, I just got, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And, um, I said, I know this isn't this guy. So I went on the window and I said, yes. He said, so you out here in your car, you sleep. I said, I'm tired. You know, like, I didn't dance since he popped. 
One of the reasons why I would prefer falling asleep in my car with the doors locked is because I've been in a situation before where I got into a horrible accident. I fell asleep behind the wheel. This is a true story. I woke up and I was be- I was jammed into somebody's car. This is a true story. I woke up in the back of somebody's vehicle. My daughter was in the car. Scared me to. My daughter was very small at the time. Scared me to bits and pieces. You understand? I was scared. When that happened, I had to pay my because this happened in my sister's car, so I had to pay over over two thousand to get the car fixed. And ever since then, because I damaged someone else's property, even though I got it fixed, it's like you damaged someone else's property because you were exhausted and you could it could have been a way worse. I made a promise to myself I would never fall asleep behind the wheel again. So if I'm tired, pull over, get a soda. I don't drink coffee, so I, I get a Coke, a strawberry soda, some with sugar that is like, okay, give you it's wake up. But it's late. Like I told you, it's after 2 o'clock. It's probably three, close to 3 or 4 o'clock, okay? I'm not doing, if I'm driving, I'm going home. I'm not doing no stopping. I'm going home. Um, so I fell asleep. He, I wake up. He tapping on the window. I said, so you fell asleep in the car? He's like, so you leave, and you, why you didn't tell me you was leaving? He was like, it's not safe, which it wasn't. But in my head, he didn't know that I'm already thinking like, I'm not finna be canoodling. He was like, so you just gonna leave and I say nothing. I said, I didn't think it mattered to you. He was just like, okay, so this is about my situation. And I'm like, yeah, like you got a situation. I'm, I'm good on it. And he pretty much says, man, this could be something. This is what he's saying. Don't, don't, this could be something. And what if we're missing out on something that could be the best thing that we ever had? Like, what if? So he's just like, if you just want to leave it at that, then just tell me. So I just said, yes, just leave it alone. And I can tell he was taken aback by that. Like, okay, she's just going, yeah, I was serious. Yeah. Bye. Like, what you want from me? I don't just, he doesn't know my background. Like, he doesn't know that I just got through dealing with somebody who just literally made my life, my family's life, like a living nightmare. And that's why I've been single. Hey, if I see any red flags, no. Three years, I haven't intently liked somebody. Like, been in a relationship with somebody since then. Scared me to bits. So, he's, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. He said, okay. Well, at the very least, text me and let me know you made it home safe. I said, okay. Start driving home. I get home. I text him. I tell him I'm safe. So, we're texting back and forth. He calls. And we talk a little bit. And I go to sleep. I don't know what it was. I just... I, was, I wanted to to see what was, what was going to happen. Because even though in my head I was going to leave him alone. Because I was like, I'm going to block him. I'm going home. I'm just like, I should block him. I should block him. But I, I was saying it's not fair to him because... He hasn't really done anything bad to me. All he did was be honest about the situation and saying when he, you know, when he heals, when he's better, he can go back to full time what he was doing, the houses or whatever he was doing. 
And I see, I saw some of his work, and he does a really good job. Like he's really good. But when you are a felon, okay, getting to that part, when you are a felon, it's hard to get into some spaces. And I'm not saying when you are a felon that you don't, that you can't. But I'm just saying it makes the job harder. Also to note, this guy told me he has six kids. Now he's 41. I expected some kids. But six? But I guess I ignored it because he told me the ages. Most of the, most of them were... He, well, really, he said he had seven. But one passed. So, I say six. Four out of those six are grown. Two of them were of teenage age. So, they would be grown within a matter of a few years. Literally, one's 17. So, in a year, she's going to be grown. So, you got one down, and I think that's like 13, one on 14. That's another three years. Like, that's not a lot of time. So, I was like, okay, well, whatever. You know, I liked him. And the next day, it was just like, our communication, like, I like it when I know a guy is into me. This guy is one on top of the other. He's texting me. We're talking to each other. He's calling me. I hadn't got to feel that in a long time. I liked it. I loved the way that it felt. So every night since we met each other, we spent every single day together in some way. Even if it was only 30 minutes, we had to be around each other. Now, I'm abstinent. I made him aware I was abstinent, and he respected it. Matter of fact, he respected it more than a lot of guys who just wouldn't even fool with me when I told him that. They were just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going through all this. I'm not doing it. And when we would hug each other and he would grab me, he was like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But he would, I don't like kissing a lot. Ever since, you know, I, I went to the dentist and she said, your mouth can have, the human mouth can have, I can't remember if she said thousands of bacteria, but it was something that freaked me out. So I was like, ooh. And... I don't like, I, I love to kiss, but it would have to be with somebody that I care about, that I like, that I'm feeling. And when he would kiss me, it would feel like the world would just stop. I wanted to just be, his smile is just, everything about him is just enigmatic. Like, I just, I wanted, I wanted his aura every day. I found a way to see him, to be with him. Now, mind you. He couldn't really drive to me or, you know, because the situation with his car with the, the hazard lights, I mean, the the back tail lights. I was like, David, why yo, why you, you? So let's put all the clues together. This guy has multiple children. This guy is living with someone. This guy is practically homeless. This guy um, has been separated for over 10 years. This guy um, drinks a lot more than than I would call normal and natural. Like I can go. Uh, first of all, I've never really been a drinker, so I don't want to compare my story. But a regular person who may indulge in a drink, I don't know what the typical is because I typically only drink when I go out, and it's not. I can't even get through one drink, so um, I I, I can't compare it to me, but. To me, every time I saw him, he was he had a beard. And I thought that was the problem. So I'm putting all these clues together. I'm like, God, I am consciously at this point ignoring the red flags just because I want to be around this guy. The, out of all the stuff that I'm telling you, because I'm trying to wrap this up. Out of all of the stuff that I'm telling you, 
I was willing to ignore all of it but this one thing. Now, I am a Gemini. One thing about Gemini females, we don't like to feel rushed or hurried or like we on somebody else's time. We are free spirits. We control our own destiny. And I won't even speak for all Geminis. I'm a Gemini. This is how I roll. If if me and my homegirls is going out, we text each other one or two times. Like, what time you leaving, boo? I'm leaving at 1030. Okay, cool. I see you when I get there. Now, girls know how long it takes to get ready. We know if we say 1030, that really mean 1130. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, we, because we women, we know how long it takes to get dressed. Mind you, like I said, I work almost seven days a week. So I'm exhausted. I have to take my daughter to school, drop my daughter off when I get home so I can go to work. Right? By the time I get out of work, I'm exhausted. This guy plays at a pool hall. So I was going to go see him after work. So I'm tired, but I'm willing to do it because I want to be around this guy. And I could tell he wanted to be around me because he texted, he called me every day, all day. You never know he was living with anybody. And he was like, if you could just give me such and such months, if you give me three months, I promise I, ha- I, I, will, I will fix this. He was like, I want to be with you. And this guy was looking me in my eyes saying, no, it's, he's like, I have to have you. I, I want to be with you. And he's like, if you want to wait to have sex until you're married, fine. That's what we'll do. But I want to be with you. I need you. He's like, this is not about you being pretty. This is not about any of that. This is one night he's telling me this is crying. This is about you and needing to be around you in your space. And it just drew me in. I'm talking about drew me completely in. But out of all the things that were wrong... The one thing that was like the final nail in the coffin, because I would notice he would do little things. Like if I'm on my phone while I'm supposed to be, while we, I'm at the club and he's playing pool, he don't want, he's just like, so you at work? And I said, let's step outside. And we almost had it out because... I'm just like, I don't like that controlling stuff. Like, mind you, like I told you, I'd already been in a situation where I just come from that. A guy, they, they, he, they, he was the same age as, as David. He was 41 at that time. And I was even younger then. He was 41. And if I didn't do stuff a certain way, or if he couldn't get in contact with me for a while, it was a problem. And my mom always told me, you notice know patterns of controlling guys. So, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. And, but the final nail in the coffin, because he, he asked me, like, are you at work? No, I'm not at work. I'm on my phone. You playing pool. Why does it matter what I'm doing? So, okay. We having it out or whatever. He said, okay, I won't do that anymore. I won't say it anymore. I won't joke like that anymore. Then another time when I came up to see him, he had lied and told somebody that I was drunk. I'm like, drunk? Like, I took him outside again. I'm like, why would you say that? Like, I noticed he was trying to, he was, like, demeaning my character a little bit. First of all, ain't nobody ever stopped me drunk because I ain't never been drunk. I didn't start drinking until I was in my 30s. And I'm still in my early 30s. So I didn't understand. I said, I took him outside. I said, why would you say that? And mind you, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm asking, like, why would you? I said, please don't. Don't pay me in that light. I said, is that how you want people to see the woman that you're, that you're courting? Like, she gets drunk? 
it was like, oh, I'm joking. Every time I brought something to him, it was joking. I didn't really mean it like that. You got to pick up on that. That's a, Ladies, that's important. I didn't really mean it like that. It was just a joke. Really? You really joking when you say something like that? I don't buy that. And so whatever, we squashed it, we hugged, we kissed, it was over with. And by this time, like I said, I'm abstinent, but I notice I'm growing increasingly, increasingly more sexually attracted to him. And it was getting pretty hot, and I'm just like, we, you know, we could never be alone. And I knew that. We would sit in the car, but it was always at the club or whatever. We can't just go off and be alone, because that was a recipe for disaster. We were both very sexually attracted to each other. And like I said, I noticed that I'm spiritually drawn to this guy. Like, in my spirit, I just wanted to be around him. But the final nail in the coffin, even after all that, because I was still seeing him. Was when. It was yesterday. I had been, I, mind you, yesterday was Christmas. I had, then after Christmas, I spent as much time as I could with my family. I stayed the night. I was there Christmas Eve night because I had worked, but I came home right after work. Um, now, mind you, on Christmas Eve night, I'm really short. I couldn't see. And I accidentally drove into a ditch. Okay? I call him. Mind you, his, his back cell lights are out, so he can't really... I don't understand that you can't come and get me and make sure I'm okay, but you be you be driving across to the Acres homes at, at night and your, and your hazards or whatever. So I call him, and I tell him about it, and he's just like, honey, stop it. He was like, you know if my car was working, I would come and see you. He was just like, let me know if you don't... Whatever, whatever. I was like, whatever, bro. So I hang up with him, and he texts me. I put it on Do Not Disturb. And when I put it on Do Not Disturb, the text still came through, and it said, baby, I'm going to get the car fixed. Don't worry. If, you, if you're if in any trouble, I will send my cousin to come and get you. By this time, some angels had already pulled me out of the ditch. My brother and my mom was there, and some angels, some strangers. I'm telling you, my guardian angels are around me all the time. God sends them when I need them, and they were there, and they pulled me out of the ditch. And I... I wasn't doing no more driving after that because I was supposed to go see him that night. Like, no, I'm staying. So it's Christmas Eve. I'm staying. I'm with my family and I fall asleep. Everybody wakes up around 12. They want to open presents. Like, why y'all want to open presents at 12? But it was a good thing that we did because my brother ended up getting me these sleepwear headphones. And they're not headphones. This is like, a, you know, the lace blindfolds that they wear at night is those, but... It's 2021, so they got Bluetooth in inside of the sleepwear, and they connect to your ears, and I, I can meditate while I'm asleep. It's ab- absolutely phenomenal. So we're opening gifts and all of this, and I fall asleep. I'm supposed to wake up at 5 in the morning to make the gumbo, but clearly it's already after 1, 2 o'clock. Ain't nobody waking up at 5? Tired. I get up around 8, 9. I get dressed, and I haven't, I haven't really slept. And I know I gotta go to work at a certain time, but I gotta get this 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 gumbo made. So I have to go back to my house to feed my cat. Cause mind you, at the work I came and went to my brother's house. That's where the family was. Went to my brother's house. We all stayed Christmas Eve to Christmas. We stayed at the night. So I came back to my house, got the stuff to cook. Went to my mom. I fed my cat. Then went to my mama's house, fed her cat. Then I went back. So this is a lot of driving. I'm not. I didn't get no rest on Christmas, and my body is starting to respond. 
a lot of times people think when they're sick that they're sick. And it's not that they're sick. It's that their body is giving them signals that something is wrong. I'm dealing with a guy who if, who, if I tell him I'm on my way, he's calling, he's texting me. And it was giving me controlling vibes. And I just wanted to ignore it because I wanted to see him. And I honestly, when you're single for three years, you miss being kissed. You miss being around somebody. And you miss being drawn to somebody. But what scared me about this was, again, my spirit, because I sought him out. My spirit is being attracted to guys who are having some of the same patterns. That means that it's in me. And God is showing me, like, I'm, I'm, because I've prayed to God and asked Him to heal me from my past trauma, the things that I've seen growing up, the things that I've dealt with, the abuse that I've endured. You have to heal me of this. And when God is sometimes is healing you, He will allow you to walk into the same pitfall so that you can see a pattern and say, oh, I need to, that part inside is broken. This little girl is used to this type of man because this is what she's seen. And now it's starting to manifest. And mind you, when that happened, my daughter was around with three years ago. When this was going on, she saw some of it, not all of it. She saw some of it, though, because she stays with me and my mom. And so, like, she pretty much, like, she goes in between two houses. Her father is deceased. He's been deceased since she was a baby. So this has always been the arrangement so that I can have help. And so sometimes she's at my mom's house, sometimes she was with me. When she was with me and when the other guy was there, she would see. And it's just like I said, I'll never expose my daughter to this again, ever. This guy's insane. Like, he never put his hands on her or anything, but just the way he would talk to me. It's insane. And so, I'm seeing the guy, he never called me a B-word. He never cussed this thing. He never cussed me out. He never called me the B-word. He was never nasty to me. Like, it was just little things that I was noticing. And... I also noticed some of the things he was saying about his kids and how they didn't want to be bothered with him. If your own kids don't want to be bothered with you, because like I told you, they grown. It was another red flag. So, like I told you, I hadn't got no sleep. I hadn't got no sleep. Hardly. Because I woke up at night, so then I just went to bed around 2.33, almost 4. So I'm getting up at night, something. I went to my house, went to my mom's house, then came back to my brother's house so I can cook the food. Now that I had this stuff in the food, cook the food. I made gumbo. Some good gumbo, too. And I had the gumbo, and um, I cooked it for everybody. And I said, okay, y'all, I love y'all. I wrapped the gifts. I love them under the tree for everybody. So they could open everything. And I said, I love y'all. I got to go. I had to go to work. Went to work for a few hours. I was supposed to meet David. I'm so excited because, mind you, we had met earlier in the day. And he gave me a present and he gave me money. I was not expecting that. we only been dating like three weeks. I was not expecting that. But I knew I was going to give him gumbo for Christmas. I, I didn't have the time or the money to buy him the gift that I wanted. You know what I mean? I had a little bit of money, but I was just like it's allocated toward other things. And I had already bought my fa- I bought everybody in the family a present. That's what I was looking for. I bought everybody in, in my nuclear family a present. And I was so happy to be able to do that. But I said he had been asking for me to make him something. So I said, for Christmas, I'll give him some of my gumbo. And I made it special for him because he doesn't eat seafood. So I didn't cook the gumbo with the seafood. I added that last after I'd already made his food so he wouldn't get sick or anything. And it was so tasty. And we saw each other earlier that day, but the gumbo was still cooking. And the rice was still cooking. So I snuck away to go see him and kiss him and hug him, you know. And we were like, we didn't say it, but I could tell we were already falling in love with each other or falling in heavy like with each other. It was moving fast, even though we kept saying we wanted to go slow. Like we wanted to be with each other all the time. 
And so I was like, God, please don't let me fall. Guard my heart. Guard my heart. Like I'm seeing some red flags. I need time to be able to see. And it's funny because one night when I had prayed for God to like to reveal who this guy is. Um. Okay, so I only have five minutes left. But anyway, let me hurry up and speed this up. So I was praying, and the night that I prayed, we ended up getting to an argument. That was a sign then, but I ignored it, okay? So this particular night, I got off work. It's Christmas Day. We are, I, The gumbo wasn't ready, so I told him when I see him later that night that I would have something for him. I didn't never tell him I was getting him the gumbo. I said I would have something for him. So I'm, I'm, he calls me. He calls me after I get off work or I call him. I tell him, baby, I'm on my way home. And then he's like, okay. So he's like, I'm going to meet you whenever you're ready. So this guy keeps calling and texting me. And it's just like, I just told you what I was doing. Long story short, I get to the club, to the where we're supposed to be meeting. And I said, let me talk to you. Again, it wasn't in a volatile way. I said, I didn't talk to you. Very stern. And he's just, just like, what's wrong? And I was like, why are you staring at me? He's just like, why? I can't stare at you. I like what I see. So I said, oh, okay. I said, listen, I don't like being rushed. Immediately goes on the defense. That was another thing. I could never really talk with this guy without, if I just even brought up any type of issue without him going on the, on the defense. It was just, it was alarming. And it made me think he had anger issues. Long story short, he cussed me out. He says, see, now you're getting on my effing nerves. That was it. I'm all dolled up. I just spent an hour and a half after work on Christmas getting ready to come see you. And this how you talk to me? I was out. I drive off. This guy gets in his car. He follows me. I pull up to the gas station, wait for him to pull in. Then I hurry up and drove off and lost him. He never knew where I lived. So I had to worry about that. Blocked his number. I said, let me go with my first mind and do a background check. Lo and behold, pull up a background check. This guy has seven counts of various charges of possession of cocaine and causing bodily harm. Aggravated assault, which is a class two felony. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. I am so done. Ladies, I know this podcast is long. Fellas, whoever, if you meet somebody and they have behaviors or red flags that are congruent with something that could be a problem, you do your background report and you find out what all is going on because they're not going to tell you. Because when I asked him, he told me he had one possession charge. I look it up. You have multiple possession charges and you have aggravated assault with a deadly weapon to a family member. You are a volatile person. And it made me realize I'm attracting this. This is the trauma I've been exposed to. It's time to make a change. Ladies, do not be afraid to analyze your life and your patterns. It's okay to say, this area of my life is not okay. Let me fix it. That's all I got for y'all today. I hope y'all enjoyed this story time. I will be back as soon as I can. And I hope this helps somebody. Y'all be blessed and have a wonderful Sunday.